Good morning. Welcome to the name of Jesus. Everybody awake now? No? Are you awake? Yes. Yeah, recovering from all that turkey. Hopefully everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Well, today is the last Sunday of the church here, also, also known as Christ the King Sunday. We're in, we, have, it's, we have a three-year cycle, so we're going to be moving into the second-year cycle next Sunday, which is the beginning of Advent. <clears throat> Excuse me, Advent. Which means that we'll be starting to have Wednesday services after that Sunday for the season of Advent for three weeks. For that, So we look forward to that also. Um, Today also, we'll be dedicating another Bible, and, and this Bible is heading off to the United Kingdom. So it's got a long way to go, and, uh, but we're excited about that. Also, we have a baptism this morning, and so we're excited about that also. And uh, the, the baptism, you can follow along on page 269 of the hymnal, because you could all join in the creed and other parts of the baptism with us. And we'll be doing that right after we do the, the dedication of the Bible. Uh, our sermon text this morning is our gospel lesson from Matthew 25. Um, it uh, deals a little bit with the end times um, and a few other things that we'll talk about. So we're going to dedicate our Bible, and then our baptismal family is going to be coming up, and we'll get our service beginning. Let us pray. Blessed be your name, O Lord, our God. You are the fount and the source of every blessing. You have revealed yourself to your human creation in many and diverse ways. Our memory of your revelation is maintained in reverence in the scriptures that we hold in our hands or that actually sit here on the floor. Look with delight upon, upon us as we dedicate these Bibles, which will be sent to, the, to an individual in the United Kingdom. Encourage them with the help of the Holy Spirit to use these sacred writings for their prayer and inspiration, for the increase of their faith and devotion, and for the building up of your kingdom. Through your word, may these Bibles transform the recipient into a very, the very likeness of Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you forever and ever, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That would be Bible number five. If our, our baptism family would come up. He's wide awake. So this would be good. We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Christ our Lord says in the last chapter of Matthew, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In the last chapter of Mark, our Lord promises, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. And the Apostle Peter has written, Baptism now saves you. 
The word of God also teaches that, that we are all conceived and born sinful and are under the power of the devil until Christ claims us as his own. We would be lost forever unless delivered from sin, death, and everlasting condemnation. But the Father of all mercy and grace has sent his son Jesus, who atoned for the sin of the whole world, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And, uh, you would answer for Brindley. How are you named? perfect. Brindley, receive the sign of the Holy Cross both on your forehead and upon your heart to mark you as one redeemed by Christ the crucified. Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, according to your strict judgment, you condemned the unbelieving world through the flood. Yet according to your great mercy, you preserved believing Noah and his family, eight souls in all. You drowned hard-hearted Pharaoh and all his hosts in the Red Sea. Yet let your people Israel through the water and on dry ground, foreshadowing this washing of your holy baptism. Through the baptism in the Jordan of your beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, you sanctified and instituted all waters to be blessed, to be a blessed flood and a lavish washing away of sin. We pray that you would behold Brindley according to your boundless mercy and bless her with the true faith by the Holy Spirit, that through this saving flood, all sin in her which has been inherited from Adam in which she herself has committed sins, would be drowned and die. Grant that she be kept safe and secure in the holy ark of the Christian church, being separated from the multitude of unbelievers and serving your name at all times with a fervent spirit and a joyful hope, so that with all believers in your promise, she would be declared worthy of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. From ancient times, the church has observed the custom of appointing sponsors for baptismal candidates and catechumens. And the Evangelical Lutheran Church sponsors are to confess the faith expressed in the Apostles' Creed and taught in the small catechism. They are, whenever possible, to witness the baptism of those they sponsor. They are to pray for them, support them in the ongoing instruction and nurture in, in the Christian faith, and encourage them toward the faithful reception of the Lord's Supper. They are at all times to be examples to them of the holy life of faith in Christ and love for their neighbor. Doreen, is it your intention to serve Brindley as sponsor in the Christian faith? Yes. God enable you both to will and to do this faithful and loving work, and with his grace, fulfill what we are unable to do. Amen. Hear the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. They brought young children to Jesus that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, and he put his hands on them and blessed them. This is the word of the Lord. Together we say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Lord, preserve your coming in and your going out from this time forth and even forevermore.
Now you all can answer along with Brinley. Brinley, do you renounce the devil? If so, say, yes, I renounce him. Do you renounce all his works? If so, say, yes, I renounce them. Do you renounce all his ways? Say, yes, I renounce them. Do you believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? Yes, I believe. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, and died, and was buried? He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. Say yes, I believe. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting? Yes, Brindley. Do you desire to be baptized? Yes. Do you, in the name of the Father, Holy Spirit, Son, you're almost there. Come here. Is that better? All right. Try your head real quick. Eve. This white garment. You. Receive this garment to show that you have been clothed with the robe of Christ's righteousness and covers you all your sin. So shall you stand without fear before the judgment seat of Christ to receive the inheritance prepared for you. Okay. You want to hold this for your sister? Receive the burning light to show that you have received Christ, who is the light of the world. That works. Receive the burning light to show that you have received Christ, who is the light of the world. Live always in the light of Christ and ever watchful of his coming, that you may meet him with joy and enter with him the marriage feast of the Lamb. Amen. We welcome you in the name of the Lord. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful God, we thank and praise you and your graciously preserved and enlarged your family and have granted brilliantly the new birth and holy baptism. 
and made her a member of your son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and an heir of your heavenly kingdom. We humbly implore you that as she has now become your child, you would keep her in her baptismal grace, that according to your good pleasure, she may faithfully grow to lead a godly life and to praise and honor of your holy name. And finally, with all your saints, obtain the promised inheritance in heaven through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Heavenly Father, you sent your, your own son into the world as, a, as the child of the Virgin Mary. We thank you for the life of this child and trusted it to our care. Help us remember that we are, are all your children and so love and nurture her that she may attain the full stature intended for her in your internal kingdom. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Peace be with you. Amen. Let's sing our hymn of the day. Please rise. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us confess our unworthiness and ask his grace and mercy. Through Ezekiel, God said that he would search for my sheep and will seek them out. Paul wrote that in 
wrote that God has put all things in subjection under Christ's feet. Jesus foretold that he will judge people about how they treated others, the hungry, strangers, and prisoners. Rejoice. The one who comes to judge is the same Jesus who is the one who gave his body and shed his blood for you on the cross. He is the first to rise from death, and by his grace, we shall follow him to his eternal kingdom. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Sing 10,000 Reasons.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Eternal God, merciful Father, you have appointed your Son as judge of the living and of the dead. Together. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. Today's Old Testament reading comes from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 34. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself, will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak, and the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. Therefore says the Lord God to them, Behold, I, I myself, will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, because you push with side and shoulder and thrust at all the weak with your horns, till you have scattered them abroad. I will rescue my flock. They shall no longer be a prey. And I will judge between sheep and sheep. And I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David shall be prince among them. I am the Lord. I have spoken. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We read from Revelation and Psalm. These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. Today's epistle is from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive 
but each in his own order. Christ, the firstfruits. Then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For God has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when it says all things are put in subjection, it is plain that he is accepted who put all things in subjection under him. When all things are subjected to him, then God, then the Son himself will also be subjected to him who put all things in subjection under him, that God may be all in all. This is the word of the Lord. And the verse today, Alleluia. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Alleluia. Please rise for the reading of the gospel. Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Jesus said, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and close you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me, naked, and you did not close me, sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger or naked, or sick or in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment but the righteous into, into eternal life. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Christ. Please be seated. Would our children come forward, please?
Lord be with you all. All girls again. Did you all have a good Thanksgiving? Did you have turkey? Did you eat a lot? You didn't eat a lot. Okay. Yeah, anybody have pumpkin pie or ice cream? Cheesecake. There you go. Awesome. So, did you sit around a table and have dinner together? Yeah. So, did you give a prayer? Did you say thank you? Did you thank the people who prepared it for you? God, well, you know what? It's never too late. You can thank them today. They would probably really love that. That'd be pretty cool, huh? So in our, in our gospel lesson that I just read, uh, Jesus told a, uh, a, a sort of a parable, sort of a story, but a real life thing where people fed other people. And God said, That's, that, you, that means you took care of me. Or they didn't feed other people. Or, or do other things for them. And, that, and God says, that means you didn't do it for me. And he says, if you're one of those, then you're on the left. But if you're one of the ones who, who fed somebody or clothed somebody or treated them nicely, then you're on the right. Because you're doing that because Jesus asks us to and you believe in Jesus. You all believe in Jesus, right? Yeah. And she does too. With their baptism, we just assured it for sure. So I'm going to ask you all to do something maybe a little different. So have you ever received a thank you card from somebody? Yeah? Okay. Have you ever sent anybody a thank you card? Okay. I'm going to, yeah, writing something down. So I'm going to give you, I have 10. So I'm going to give you each two, Okay. What I want you to do is I don't want you to go back to the pew and take a pencil and write a thank you note. I want you to go home. I want you to think about someone who's done something for you. And then I want you to pray and say, thank you, Lord, for this person who did something good for me or did something that helped me or did something nice. Then, maybe with the help of mom or dad, write a thank you note. And you can give them the, the thank you note. Can you all do that? Okay. And you can even, if you want to do one card and you want to thank God, I think that'd be pretty good too. I think we can find a way that he'll get those cards too. Right. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for forgiving me for all the times that I forgot to be thankful. Thank you for sending Jesus live for me, to die for me, and to rise for me so I can go to heaven. Help me to always thank those who are good to me. In Jesus' name, amen. We sing our hymn of the day.
grace, peace, and mercy from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Again, our, our sermon today is from our gospel lesson, the Gospel of Matthew, the 25th chapter, verses 31 to 46. And today we're going to do a daring thing. We're going to look forward to the final judgment. Jesus draws a very vivid picture in this text of heaven and of hell. Both are eternal. For those who would like to think that heaven is eternal, but hell is not, it can't be done without tearing out the very words of God in verse 46 of our text today. Because in that verse, our text lays eternal heaven and hell right next to each other as two equally lengthy paths in opposite directions. No matter where you are or how you feel, heaven and hell will be for eternity. So what is heaven and what is hell? It is described in today's text as two polar extremes. To those on his right, Jesus tells them to come. To those on his left, he tells them to depart. Paul reflects on this thought in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9, as he describes hell by saying, they will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power. Just prior to today's text, Jesus said there would be weeping and gnashing of teeth out there. Revelation chapter 20 calls it a lake of fire like a big lava pit. Imagine living without any of God's love or presence for an eternity. An eternity of darkness. An eternity of burning heat. But heaven is the exact opposite. It is living eternally in the presence of God's grace, enjoying his majesty and provision for all and for all time. Revelation chapter 7, verses 15, 16, and 17 describe it beautifully. Let me read it to you. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. That calls for an amen. Now, the easy thing for me to do would be to end the sermon right there. And you would probably say, yes, it's I saw a couple smiles out there, but I'm not ending it right there. You see, the very concept of heaven and of hell seem to have its origins in eternity. Jesus said in verse 34 of our text that heaven was the kingdom prepared for you since the foundation of the world. That's kind of mind-boggling, I think, if, if you just think about that for a second. The kingdom prepared for you since the foundation of the world is heaven. Jesus doesn't just say that the kingdom was prepared since the fall, but since the creation of the world. And that would mean that God had the kingdom of heaven prepared for Christians who wouldn't live until thousands of years later. There is a little difference, though, when he talks about the creation of hell. 
He calls it, in, in verse 41, the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Here, we see that hell was not originally made for man. It was simply made for the devil and the devil's angels. And this shows that sin, death, and hell are not something that God preordained, but something that Satan caused a need for. This was not something that God wanted to happen, yet it is part of his will in that he now, in his wrath, causes the fire to burn eternally. And these are the two ways that everyone goes, an eternity of happiness with God in eternal heaven or an eternity of sorrow and agony with Satan in eternal hell. There is no in-between. This is what everyone will have to physically face on what is now called Judgment Day. Like it or not, it is coming and it is real. So the main question is not, however, what is heaven and hell like, but where am I going? Where are you going? Where are you going who are watching us online? It's amazing how many people think they will end up in heaven. If you don't believe me, ask around. If they believe in heaven or something like a heaven, they think they're going to end up in heaven for one simple main reason. If you ask them why, they simply say, often, I've been a pretty good person. So I'll see you in heaven. Some might even get the impression from this text that that happens. But let's take a look at it a little closer at what Jesus says of how we get to heaven. So who goes to heaven and who goes to hell? Jesus refers to those on the left as, as being cursed, while he says that those on the right are blessed. He also mentions that those who end up in heaven have received an inheritance, and he calls them righteous. God's word talks about the curse very clearly. In Galatians chapter 3, verses 10 to 14, where Paul clearly distinguishes what it means to be righteous and what it takes to be cursed. Those who are under a curse are, are that way because of what they rely on, observing the law. The law promises the riches of heaven, but the only way to get it is to obey everything the law says. When they try to follow the schematics and try to find a way into heaven without setting off the alarms, they end up under the curse of God's wrath for even the slightest error. So raise your hand if you've kept all of God's laws. Troubling. Not one hand went up. Does that mean that we're all going to hell? You can say yes, you can say no. No? Okay, how about a profound no? Thank you. I, would, I, need, I need to hear that sometimes too, you know? So, um, the principle that brings life is, is uh, let me go back a little bit. Um, so, the law, as I said, the law promises the riches of heaven. But the only way to get there is to obey all the laws. And as we clearly show today, none of us have done that. And so that begins to set off alarms. And, and you and I can end up 
under the curse of God's wrath for even the slightest error. The principle that brings life is that the righteous will live by faith. Faith is simply a trust in the promise of an inheritance that's already been prepared and given. Christ redeemed all of us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. And when Jesus took on the curse of the law on the cross, he paid for your salvation, for my salvation, for Brindley's um, salvation, all free of charge. The sacrifice was planned from the creation of the world and prepared for us long before you and I were born. It's, it's like an inheritance. There is nothing we earn, but something we simply inherit. When God wakes us, children of God, through baptism and through faith, when Jesus calls the sheep righteous, he is referring to his own righteousness that he would give them through faith. Either you will trust that this is enough to get you to heaven, or you will not trust it, and you will try to work your way there. When people live lives trying to impress God so that they'll get a special spot in heaven, he sees that all they're trying to do is selfishly get ahead, get ahead with him. But God knows their heart, knows our heart. They aren't feeding the poor or helping the sick because they really care for them or they love the Lord. They're doing it because they want God to notice them. The most appalling thing to this type of a person is when he or she does things to get attention, but they get no attention. Why haven't you noticed how much money I gave, they say. Haven't you noticed, God, how I spend time feeding your poor, helping the church? I'm doing all that you ask me. I see more. I do more. God pays zero attention to what they've done. Here's the key. Something that sounds completely contradictory. If you want to be recognized on Judgment Day, then don't seek to be recognized. Kind of sounds crazy, doesn't it? See, it takes faith to believe. The only way you can approach Judgment Day this way is if you recognize two things. First of all, Isaiah says that all our righteous acts, all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Isaiah 64, verse 6. If we think it would be nice for God to recognize our works, then we need to remember that even the best of our works, yours and mine, are like filthy rags in God's holy eyes. Even if you do the nicest things you've ever done, even sacrifice your whole life to spreading the gospel, it's still a filthy rag, tainted with sin. There are false motives, complaints, and fear intermingled with your works. That they taint them, they make them not so beautiful in comparison to the holiness of God's judgment. And second of all, remember how this parable starts with the king saying to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed, by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the foundation of the world. The kingdom of heaven is already yours as an inheritance. It's a free gift 
based on the work of Jesus Christ's life and death and resurrection. Prepared since the creation of the world. If you already know you have heaven as an inheritance, what does it matter if God recognizes anything that you do? If that's your goal, to get to heaven, and he's giving, going to give it to you, what does it matter if he recognizes anything you do here on earth or not? Instead, your attitude should be, all I want to, to recognize is what you have given me, Lord. Not vice versa. On judgment day. When you meet Christ, you, you will not be disappointed. He will be a hundred times more glorious and more majestic than you or I could ever imagine. He'll be sitting on his glorious throne coming down from heaven above, and every eye will see him. Most people would rather not meet such an awesome figure, a holy figure, God Almighty himself. But you have zero choice in the matter. But Jesus says to the believer, who believe in him. He says in today's gospel, don't be afraid. Why? Because if you believe that Jesus lived and died to make you holy in God's sight, then you are one of the righteous. Jesus is coming. And he's coming to give you an inheritance that he has been preparing for you through the creation of the world. Your eternity is not based on what you do but on what Christ has already done. He won't look at your past sins. Instead, he'll even go the extra step and even mention things you did out of faith for him and to him. This seems maybe impossible, but this is what Jesus promises. So look forward to the final judgment. Don't be afraid. Just look forward to it in faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, help us to, to not fear the end, but to know by faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior that you have a place for us. It's already reserved. It's a place of honor that you give to each and every one of you, us as your children. Let us never forget that. In Jesus' name, amen. And since we said our creed earlier with the baptism, we'll receive our, our offering.
Please rise. Let us pray for the people here and around the world who are destitute, fearful of God's wrath, shunned by society, unjustly accused, or dealing with issues of health. As you have promised, Lord our God, seek out, we pray, those who, devoid of basic necessities, face 